What a great time to be a Giant, be a fan of the Giants. Like we have something going here. We're building something special, and you know you can see it from the outside and inside. It's even more beautiful. Reflecting on everything that got me here, just to see that uniform, and you know I, I watched. That's the team I watched the most growing up. Cause my dad was a Giants fan. So once a Giant, always a Giant. For me, it's only a Giant. Welcome, everybody, to a special game day edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by NorthJersey.com and The Record. I am your host, Art Stapleton. Giants, Raiders, Sin City. If there ever was a city to bring all in, it's this one. Can't wait to get inside Allegiant Stadium later and check it out it is the last of the nfl stadiums that are currently in use that i have not been in uh we will have our rankings of the nfl stadiums uh over the next couple weeks i think you guys will enjoy that but uh giants hitting a two and six you know i asked this in a twitter poll earlier this week what do you do you have to see from the giants to be all in is it win this week and win next week? Is it get to six and six? Or are you just all out already? And it'll be very interesting to see Daniel Jones back at quarterback. Tommy DeVito will be his backup. No practice squad elevation from Matt Barkley. That was accepted, expected this week. A uh, couple roster moves. Tyrod Taylor and Darren Waller both going on IR. Uh, that was certainly uh, expected this week. You know, Tyrod's got that rib cage injury. They've got to watch him. And then obviously with Waller, his hamstring injury, when he said the other day that it was likely going to be weeks and not days, that was pretty much the telltale sign that he was going to end up on IR. Lawrence Cager signed to the active roster. It'll be Daniel Bellinger and Lawrence Cager. I think both will get opportunities against the Raiders. Uh, Daniel Jones likes to use the tight ends. I think maybe they go back to a little bit what the offense was last year. Uh, you can certainly use Bellinger that way. Um, you know, you got to remember that a lot of the plays for Waller, you know, he's playing in a position where that normally would have a wide receiver. So we said that a while back when Bellinger went out with a knee injury in a game that you had to move Waller into Bellinger's spot for more of an in-line guy. Uh, and then they had to put a wide receiver where Waller was. So it'll be interesting to see what the Giants do to fill that Waller role. Uh, either way, I think Bellinger gets more involved, and I think Lawrence Cager might get some opportunities uh, in the Waller role um, as a pass catcher. Uh, big key to this game will obviously be the offensive line. Do we see Andrew Thomas? Do we see Evan Neal? Uh, everything I've been hearing is that Andrew Thomas believes he'll be back on Sunday. Uh, he had to see how his hamstring dealt with not only coming off of back-to-back -back, uh, practices where he really pushed the hamstring more than he had uh, since the injury in week one. Uh, so let's see how Thomas goes through uh, Saturday. And, you know, I think it'll be a game day morning decision for Thomas. The Giants will want to see him work out on the field and see how he's feeling. 
uh, before they push any buttons. But I believe you'll see Andrew Thomas at left tackle, Justin Pugh at left guard. Uh, I do believe Ben Bredesen will kind of be the giant super reserve on the interior. You know, I've gotten a lot of questions about Bredesen and why wouldn't Bredesen be among the starting five? Well, Mark Lewinsky has played very well at right guard, uh, especially in comparison to what he had uh, in week one. And I think they want to give Pew an opportunity. And I think they want Pew in that lineup. They like what he brings to the table. So uh, with John Michael Schmitz back at center, I think Bredesen becomes that first guy up. Uh, at either guard spot or at center. But we'll have to wait and see and see how that plays out. Uh, But I do believe uh, that Evan Neal is a little bit more of a question at right tackle. Do they stick with Tyree Phillips? I think if Neal is healthy, I think he's ready to to jump back in. Giants are going to give him an opportunity to show that uh, he can play better than his worst moments in the first half of the season. Obviously, he's been out a couple weeks with that ankle injury. Um, and then they'll have Tyra, Tyree Phillips ready to go uh, if Neil can't uh, and if he finds struggles. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, game against the Raiders. Look, they're going to have an emotional lift early on from Antonio Pierce being their interim head coach. You know, it's almost like the, the Raiders feel a little bit of freedom. You know, Josh McDaniels really ruled uh, with an iron fist. And, uh, you know, when you're struggling and you're not living up to expectations, we saw that with Joe Judge the end of his last season, is that players start looking around, you know, wanting more freedom, wanting to, to not be, um, you know, told everything that they need to be doing. And I think that that's kind of what happened with Josh McDaniels, other than in addition to them not doing well and not getting the ball in the hands of their playmakers. And Mark Davis made the decision. And Dan McDaniels is out. Antonio Pierce is in. There's a level of uncertainty for the Giants, a little bit of mystery as to what the Raiders will do offensively. Um, you know, Brian Dable did make a point several times when I asked him on Wednesday about that uncertainty. And he did say, you know, there are only three days. I mean, it's essentially how will this team turn over over the next couple weeks? You're not going to see a completely different team. If anything, you might see it pared down a little bit. Wouldn't surprise me to see if Devontae Adams got double-digit targets in this game. Um, You know, you usually go to the guy, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil and Devontae Adams spiking his helmet on the sideline on Monday Night Football against Detroit. Um, So I would imagine that the Giants will try to bracket coverage around Devontae Adams the way they did Justin Jefferson last year. And uh, they'll just take their shot. That rookie quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, will not be able to solve uh, Wink Martindale's schematic blitzes and who's coming when and I think that um, that will be obviously a chess match to see if O'Connell can make plays I would also expect more Josh Jacobs Uh, I I would think that they would want to get the ball in the hands of their two best playmakers and that's Adams and uh, Jacobs but you got to like the Giants defense's chances against O'Connell 
Uh, no Leonard Williams. We know. I know there's a lot been made, you know, kind of the shock factor for some of the players who were close to Leonard Williams in the locker room. Xavier McKinney talked about, you know, the idea of, you know, it wasn't supposed to be about the future. It's supposed to be about now. That move signals more future than now. You know, Dexter Lawrence loses one of his uh, one of his closest friends in the NFL uh, and a guy who he really has worked in tandem. I don't believe it's going to affect Dexter Lawrence's production. Uh, I just think that, you know, in this situation, these guys are pros and Lawrence has, you know, bigger goals in mind. You know, Lawrence can play his way into the defensive player of the year conversation if the Giants can win some games and he can continue blowing up the middle of the line over the, like he's done the last couple of weeks. So uh, I would expect that to continue. I think Kayvon Thibodeau has an opportunity. He's at eight and a half sacks. He would be the first player to reach double digit sacks in a Wink Martindale defense, which is really hard to believe. Um, you know, and I think at this point, you know, there's been so much attention placed on what happened at kicker. Graham Gano on IR. Uh, I think the Giants, with a, a rather rare decision to call up Randy Bullock from the practice squad and have Cade York, who they signed off of the Titans practice squad, compete on Friday. Then on Saturday, they call up Bullock and then both players will be available on Sunday morning. Uh, I can't imagine that both of them will be active, but if they view one of them as more of a kickoff specialist, uh, they might go that route. They might have one guy just do kickoffs and one guy do uh, field goals. I, I don't know. They're opening themselves up for a lot of criticism, but... You know, after last week, I'm not sure how much worse it can get as far as them being criticized. Uh, but uh, I thought all along that they were going to lead towards Cade York. Um, but look, they signed Bullock and he's here and he they signed him as a practice squad guy. And now he's up and we'll see. I mean, it's certainly some twist coming full circle to have Randy Bullock now kicking for the Giants and knowing that he was responsible for the miss down in Tennessee last year that Brian da gave Brian Dable and the Giants their first victory. Um, also, Randy Bullock was here back in 2016. He kicked in the opener when the Giants, the last time they've won in Dallas. Um, I, ironically enough, Giants play in Dallas next week. So Randy Bullock, if he kicks to Tomorrow, uh, in the game against the Raiders, you know, maybe they roll him back and get out there and kick for Josh Brown the way he did in 2016. Now he, he would be replacing Graham Gano and kick against the Cowboys next weekend. But first things first, this team is, you know, desperate for a win. Desperate. I know they beat Washington two weeks ago, but coming out of the Jets – having the Cowboys next week, um, you know, look, like Saquon Barkley said, they should be 4-4. Four and four. They should have won in Buffalo. They had one play to do so, and they didn't do it. And then they should have won against the Jets. They had about a 1,000 plays that they could have made in the final minute in order to win that game, and they did not. So is this a referendum on Brian Dable? No, I don't believe so. But 
are the final nine games a referendum for Daniel Jones and Brian Dable and this entire organization? Yes, because where they are right now isn't where they're going to be at the end of the season. And you do not want to give ownership a chance to question if you're heading in the right direction. Now, it would be very shocking to me to see this regime get blown out of here the way the last three head coaches have and the last two general managers have, um, and they're two and six. They've got to win some football games here. And I know the idea of it's tankathon and the Giants are picking third overall right now if the season ended today. So I know there are some of you who would rather tank and go after a quarterback. I do think what Daniel Jones does the next nine games will determine where he sits next year. Because, number one, if he doesn't play well, they're more likely to have a top five pick and be right there for a quarterback in the draft. But number two, if he does play well, I think they'll win some games and then they won't be in range that they would have to really love one of these quarterbacks in order to be able to start pairing off assets in order to try to get in position to to trade for them. So I think that's all on the table. I think you go into these last nine games uh, and you you just don't know which avenue that they're going to take. That's why it's intriguing. You know, when I was on WPIX Sports Nation earlier this week, Moose Mark Malusis asked me in a one-word answer, will the Giants play relevant games the rest of the season? And I said yes, uh, because this is all relevant. Relevant in terms of what? Relevant in terms of the playoff picture? Not right now. They win some games. The NFC continues to lose at the bottom with that seventh and final wild card spot. And then who knows? Maybe the Giants miraculously play their way into a playoff spot. I don't see that happening right now. It's impossible to see that happening. But you win some games, and then all of a sudden things start to turn. You know, nobody thought that they would go up to Buffalo and play the way they did and have a chance to win that game. Uh, so, you know, it's gotta, it's gotta happen. It's already, you know, it's gotten a lot late, early, and I think the Giants know that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how some of these young players respond. And uh, look, this is a Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones game offensively and defensively. I think you feel good about some of the pieces that you have defensively right now. You know, Deontay Banks is playing well. Um, standing up to the challenge, you know, giving up some plays, but fighting right back. I think Xavier McKinney, Jason Pinnock are playing well in the back end. Uh, Micah McFadden and Bobby Okereke playing well in the middle. Kayvon Thibodeau playing well. Then, obviously, Dexter Lawrence. Let's see how Sean Robinson and Nacho perform. Maybe the young defensive lineman, DJ Davidson or Jordan Riley, get an opportunity. Um We'll have to see how this defense kind of continues to take shape. Uh, but I think they feel pretty good with some of the pieces they have. And um, they're going to be indoors against the Raiders. Patrick Graham's a defense that you know is going to kind of play a little soft on the back end at times. So maybe they can make some plays, especially over the middle of the field. So that's where we're at. Enjoy today's game, at least try to. I will enjoy being inside Allegiant Stadium, the Death Star, if you will. And we'll be back with a post-game breakdown pod 
after the game. Appreciate you being all in. And we're all in too. And we'll catch you after the game.